Bonjour. Hello. Hola. Marhaba bikum. Hello, welcome to Your Planet from AFP, brought to you in association with The Conversation. I'm Anna Cunningham. We are on a journey to explore and analyse some of the many fixes that promise to take us forward to a more sustainable future for our planet. But do they all work or are some offering false hope? This time, we'll take a closer look at carbon capture. A big focus at COP28, is it really all it promises? Or are there more cons than pros? Stay with us to find out. This is Your Planet from AFP. For more than two years, Britain has been at the centre of environmental protests. On the roads, on public transport, in theatres and even at art galleries. One activist group, Just Stop Oil, wants an immediate end to all new fossil fuel licensing and production. But against the hopes of these protesters, in July 2023, the UK's Conservative government said it would grant hundreds of new oil and gas licences in the North Sea. Announcing the move, the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak insisted his approach was pragmatic. He argued that his government's also investing some £20 billion, about $24.4 billion of public money, to further develop the carbon capture system. There is another fan of carbon capture, and he's the man who's heading up COP28 in Dubai. It's President Sultan Al-Shabaar, who's also the head of the UAE's national oil company, Adnoc. We need to get serious about carbon capture technologies. In any realistic scenario that gets us to net zero, Carbon capture technology will have an important role to play. Without it, the math just doesn't add up. This was Al Jaber speaking at the climate tech event in Abu Dhabi in May. The goal for this industry and all industries, to me, is crystal clear. We need to phase out emissions. Allow me to repeat. We need to phase out emissions from all sectors, including transportation, agriculture, heavy industry, and of course, fossil fuels, while investing in technologies to phase up all viable zero carbon alternatives. Scientists pinpoint 1990 as the year they say humanity crossed its first planetary limit, the safe level of CO2 concentration in our atmosphere. And compared to even earlier, 1950, we're now emitting eight times more CO2. It's the CO2, scientists assert, that has led to an increase in greenhouse gases that in turn trap heat in our atmosphere. So if oil and gas projects are still on the cards, then what role does carbon capture and storage play? The onset of carbon dioxide removal, it's been talked about for 20 years. But it's really been uh, on the forefront since the Paris Agreement in 2015. 
Dr Chris Batai is a researcher for the Centre on Global Energy Policy at Columbia University. He's also one of the lead authors of a report about how to mitigate the climate crisis for the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Dr Batai says IPCC scientists now agree technological absorption of CO2 is essential. Um, because the Paris Agreement and the, and the IPCC special report on 1.5 in 2018 made it very clear that, you know, we're, we're too far gone in terms of cumulative emissions and we're going to have to absorb some back. In, we're going to have to actively pull some back down. And that's when I think a lot of the investment and interest in carbon dioxide removal technologies really took off. So how exactly do you capture and remove carbon? Well, there's nature, forests, oceans, soils all have a role to play. We'll come to more on that later. But technology is also becoming a big player. The oldest way for combating carbon dioxide emissions has been to capture the CO2 in fumes from factories or other such polluting spaces known as carbon capture and storage, or CCS. Florence Del Prat-Janaud is a researcher at the French IFP Energie Nouvelle, formerly known as the French Petroleum Institute. Today, the most mature technology is cleaning fumes. Factory fumes go into the atmosphere, but we can pass them through a column where they come into contact with a solvent, which is a liquid, that absorbs the CO2, so the fumes exit without CO2. So that's one method. But it's only avoiding new emissions, not removing those already in the atmosphere. And this is where direct air capture has its role, commonly known as DAC. To understand more, we need to go to Iceland. This is Orca the world's biggest carbon removal plant. Think of it like a huge vacuum cleaner sucking up carbon dioxide out of the air. Located to the east of Reykjavik, the Swiss company Climeworks launched this plant in September 2021. Huge fans suck out the CO2. Lucas Kaufmann is project manager at the Climeworks factory. So there is a very selective filter material inside the, our collector containers which catches the CO2 molecules. And as soon as the filter is basically full, we close it off and then we uh, put in, uh, we heat it up to around 100 degrees. The CO2 is being released again. And then we draw it out of the co collector containers into basically in here, uh, what we call the process hall, basically. The next step sees that extracted CO2 turned into rock. Another company, Carbfix, pipes the gas to wells and pumps it into the local volcanic bedrock, completely removing that CO2 from the air. What happens at Orca has attracted interest, particularly from some big-name companies. Microsoft and J.P. Morgan Chase both signed multi-million dollar deals with Climeworks to compensate for their own emissions. Admittedly, the whole process is energy-intensive. It's a bit of a tricky sell if Climeworks itself generates CO2, so it uses the geothermal energy from nearby Icelandic volcanoes. 
The Direct Air Capture Industry, or DAC as it's known, is nascent, an orca on its giant scale, the infant. But there are limits on this being a miracle fix. Multiple huge-scale projects would be needed worldwide. To date, 18 plants use it around the world, reportedly extracting the equivalent of just 10 seconds of global emissions in 2022. Researcher Florence Del Pratt-Janot wants to see larger upscaling of these technologies. We have technology that works today, but it doesn't mean we don't need more research for it to be improved. We need to move much faster and capture much more CO2. Today, deploying this technology on a larger scale is really important. So it's slow and costly. But alongside the more traditional method, Carbon Capture Storage, CCS, these technologies are attracting massive investments, up 44% in 2022. Denmark inaugurated a CO2 burial site under the North Sea in March in the presence of Denmark's Crown Prince, Frederik. We open a new chapter for the North Sea, a green chapter. The Danish subsoil holds great potential for storing CO2 and it gives me great pleasure today to be able to reverse the traffic in the pipes and send CO2 back into the Danish underground to the benefit of the climate for Denmark, for Europe, but for the planet. Thank you very much, Your Royal Highness. Kent, you may start the injection. Thank you. Your Royal Highness, I can confirm that we have now started to inject the first CO2 in the North Sea. Congratulations. Thank you. So could CO2 buried deep under the sea in oil fields be a long-term solution? Or are we just creating CO2 time bombs? Philippe C.S. is a researcher at the Paris-based Climate Change Unit at the Pierre-Simon Laplace Institute. CO2 is not as dangerous as nuclear waste. But on the other hand, the number of sites that need to be found for storage is infinitely greater than a place where you're just going to drill galleries and put flutes of nuclear waste in them. And all countries don't have the same capacity for storage. There are no holes in the subsoils. We can inject CO2 deeply in the ground, in aquifers, but the CO2 can escape if the rock is cracked. We can also inject CO2 in empty oil wells, but only in countries where the oil has already been extracted, like in the U.S. or in the Gulf countries. Carbon capture and storage currently cost between $15 and $120 a tonne. For carbon dioxide removal from the air, it's $600 to $1,000. Dr Jonathan Foley is the executive director of the non-governmental organisation Project Drawdown. It evaluates and proposes solutions for the climate. Carbon removal machines are very expensive. They're ridiculously expensive. They're so expensive, even oil companies, the richest, most profitable industries in the world, they don't even want to pay for them either. And they they basically convince governments to pay for this on their dime, on their dollar, not themselves. In the United States, for example, we've just spent another several billion dollars 
on carbon removal projects that are in business with oil companies. The trouble with both technologies is they've been accused of legitimising the fossil fuel industry, allowing it, in a way, giving it licence to greenwash and delay the transition to cleaner energies. Dr Chris Bataille supports carbon capture, but admits there's a risk. It has that danger. No, it, it very much has that danger. It's um, We need to be very, very serious today that, yes, we need to invest in CCS. We need to invest in DIC, uh, in DAC is the, the usual idiom. But it cannot be used as an excuse to carry on as we were before. There'll be some arguing for that, but that's simply not it's not reasonable in the long run. It, it's, a, it's a backup. It's an insurance policy. It can't be the primary strategy. So neither of these technologies are truly the silver bullet. The IPCC stated that based on 2010 levels, man-made carbon dioxide emissions need to fall by about 45% by 2030. So what other options are there? Here's Jonathan Foley again. But again, it's about 95% cutting emissions now as much as we can, and a little bit, 5% or less, is removing the carbon we can't cut. And right now, the only really meaningful way to do that is with nature. So it requires a rapid transition to clean energy and major changes to our lifestyles, particularly in Western countries. There is, of course, Mother Nature. On a global scale, half of the world's CO2 is absorbed by the planet, a quarter by oceans, a quarter by plants, including forests and soils. Let's head to Zimbabwe to meet Remy Cardinal. He's an agronomist, an expert in the science of soil. He's heading up a team at the University of Zimbabwe, researching the best way to optimise CO2 absorption in soils. All tropical rainforests, ecosystems as well as the Arctic forests, mangroves, peatlands and all wetland areas have considerable carbon stocks. The primary charge is actually to preserve them, to stop converting them into agricultural lands. He says there is a second way to preserve CO2 in soils in helping them with the photosynthesis. Carbon doesn't just enter the soil on its own, it passes through plants. So to maximise the storage of carbon in the soil, we need to maximise photosynthesis on the land. This means having as many plants and crops as possible in the same place. And that's what Remy and his team are doing in Zimbabwe. It's a work in progress. But Remy believes it can help, and in turn, it improves soil fertility, a side benefit for farmers. This might be a small element on the grand scale of CO2 reduction, but it's another part that's bringing hope. Let's give the last word to Remy. Airlines account for 2 or 3% of global CO2 emissions. And everyone agrees it's an important sector needing decarbonisation. But if you look at it the other way around, agriculture can contribute to storing a few percent of CO2 in the ground. And even if it's only a few percent, it's really important. I'm Anna Cunningham. This has been an AFP audio production. Next time on Your Planet, we'll explore the nuclear option. Production is by Camille Kaufman. The executive producer is Michaela Cancela-Kiefer. Sound design is by Nicolas Ver. 
If you want to read more about carbon capture projects, you can find an article written especially for our podcast by Remy Cardinal and Armwell Shumba in Zimbabwe and Vera Lang in Cambodia. Links to them and the conversation are on our page. As always, you can reach us with your thoughts on all that we're covering here on your planet. Email us at podcasts at afp.com. And please do leave us a review so others know where to find us. Thanks for listening.